plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed? Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Lena podcast. How did you sleep tonight? Hopefully, using a lot of tips and advice that we talked extensively about yesterday on our Sleep Hygiene podcast, hopefully you slept better because of that. And guys, you might be thinking that you might think that eating the right kinds of foods and exercising and uh, managing your stress and a lot of other small things uh, in your lifestyle might be more important than, than sleep, but it's not the case. If you don't have your sleep hygiene, your sleep routine, the quality of your sleep taken care of, then all of those things will get much worse. And there is nothing that can substitute for good quality sleep. Like if you're not sleeping well consistently, eight hours or more if you need to sleep more, then you're probably not going to be healthy and you're probably not going to be happy because sleep also affects your mental health and you're probably not going to live a long life uh, disease-free. And who wants to live a long life (laughs) disease-full? I'm yet to find that kind of person. So check out yesterday's episode because repetition is the mother of skills and the more you hear something, the more you do something, the more you read about something, the more chances there are that you're going to actually act on that and that's going to hugely improve the quality of your life and your health. So that's about sleep. Today we are talking mostly about recommended dietary allowance or RDA and daily value or DV. Uh, Those the letters RDA and DVs that you can see on a lot of nutrition facts labels. And well, what are they? And why are they different? And why there are, you know, two kinds of letters on food labels you can see. So RDAs are recommended daily intakes of nutrient for healthy people. This is the amount of a nutrient, such as a vitamin or a mineral, that you need to consume each day to maintain health. The RDAs were developed by the Food and Nutrition Board at the Institute of Medicine of the National Academies. 
RDAs vary by age and gender. There are also specific there are also specific RDAs for women that are pregnant or breastfeeding. Therefore, there are several different RDAs for each nutrient. Again, depending on your age and depending on your um, if you are female and breastfeeding or pregnant, the DVs or daily values were established by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. They were designed to be used on food and dietary supplement labels. Unlike RDAs, there is one DV or daily value for each nutrient for all people ages four years and older. DVs are not recommended intakes. DVs indicate how much of a nutrient is in a serving of food or a dietary supplement in the constant of a, in the context of a total daily diet. Uh, DVs often match or exceed the RDAs for most people, but not in all cases. DVs are shown on food and supplement labels as a percentage. So basically, for example, if you, I don't know, um, happen to have in your hands, let's say milk, it's like the easiest thing I can think of. And it has uh, calcium in it, obviously. Uh, and on the side you can see the percentage of DV or daily values. So, for example, the uh, recommended amount of calcium is for today that is recommended for for a person is 1,300 milligrams. So if you see, for example, that a product, uh, milk in this case, has the has 20% of daily value on it, it means that it is 20% of 1,300 milligrams is in one serving of that food. And you need to get for more of serving, if you were to eat only this food for calcium, to get the total amount of calcium that is needed uh, to support good human health um, for for this day. And you got to do that every day. So eating right kind of foods and getting all the nutrients that your body needs, it's not actually such an easy task, meaning that a lot of people are nutrient deficient, like probably 90% of people are deficient in some nutrients. Uh, uh, maybe not every day, every single day, but um, on a, if you take one person, right, and you test them for nutrient deficiencies, then 90% of people are deficient in um, one nutrient or the other. Uh, if you want to check out all the uh, recommended uh, values for nutrients that are proven to be important for human health, then um, check out the link in the show notes. And there is going to be a link um, to a document where you're going to find the definitions of um, recommended dietary uh, allowances and daily values. And you're going to find the table of all the nutrients that uh, World Health Organization and uh, federal and Food and Drug Administration track. So you can check out, you're going to see the table of all the nutrients and the recommended allowance uh, for those nutrients. And then on the products, um, I believe like most of the products already, um, nutrition facts, labels of most products have right now 
new labels on and you might see special nutrients that are specifically mentioned on the label uh, and those nutrients are considered to be nutrients of concern. That meaning what nutrients of concern are, typically those are the nutrients that are either over-consumed or under-consumed based on the recommended dietary allowance which provides either the minimum of the, or the maximum level of consumption required to prevent detrimental effects on health. The diet of many Americans lacks in fruits, vegetables, dairy, whole grains, and seafood. Uh, and also that is kind of true for most of the people around the globe because as our world is becoming more and more globally connected, the trends also become more and more similar uh, from one place to the other. So the nutrients are concerned, the nutrients of concern that are mentioned on nutrition facts labels are the nutrients that most people tend to either not eat enough, that that is actually the case for all the nutrients on the nutrition facts labels. And so they're on the label to help you navigate your food choices closer to the foods that have that have the amount of nutrients to cover your basics in those essential for health nutrients that most of the people tend to lack in because our diet changed and because uh, a lot of, you know, processed foods do not contain those nutrients. A lot of foods that have poor nutritional profile do not have those nutrients. And those nutrients are really, really important and tend to promote or tend to create certain um, ill health conditions that that influence the quality of your life in some big way. So let's talk um, specifics. Let's talk about those nutrients of concerns that World Health Organization and Food and Drug Administration in U.S. decided to track on new nutrition labels. Calcium. Because calcium is so important, many common foods are fortified with extra doses of this mineral. Calcium is a key mineral that is needed for building and maintaining healthy bones, obviously, but also calcium plays an important role uh, in your muscle functions, in your nerve function, in your intercellular signaling or communication, and your hormonal secretion. And guys, any mineral, any vitamin that has to do with nerve function, with muscle function, by the way, your heart and your digestive system are also muscles. It's not just the muscle that you build uh, in uh, the gym. So anything that is uh, related to your nerve functions, to your muscle function, to your hormonal signaling and intercellular communication, lack in the nutrients that are connected to those function are probably the most important and have the most detrimental effect on our health when we lack them. That's why almost all nutrients of concern have to to do in some way with our, again, nerve function, our muscle function, our intercellular communication, and hormonal secretion. So studies have shown that primary risk factors associated with insufficient calcium levels include softened or brittle bones, bone fractures, osteoporosis, and even dental problems. 
Calcium is found naturally in many foods, especially milk and products made from milk. But guys, uh, because of really poor quality of dairy products uh, in the whole world, and because dairy has a lot of negative uh, effects on our health, I personally do not recommend to get your calcium from dairy, but instead get it from things like fish or sardines and salmon. Also, green vegetables like kale and broccoli contain calcium. Uh, and also, for example, sesame seeds have a lot, a lot of calcium. Uh, I believe much more than milk, actually. Not per calorie, per calorie but per yeah, per calorie, actually, uh, and per serving. So check out the sesame seeds nutrition for calcium content, but also leafy greens, vegetables have a lot of calcium. And that's where I, re I recommend you to get your calcium. So the recommended uh, dietary allowance per day is 1,300 milligrams for people from 19 years old to 50 years old. And um, dietary allowance, as we talked before, have different values for women, breastfeeding and pregnant, or for kids. Like, for example, if you're a teenager or, you know, you have a kid that is a teenager, they actually need more calcium. So uh, if um, for uh, an adult, it is recommended and might be sufficient to get even 1,000 of milligram of calcium, then for a teenager, it's definitely more than that. Potassium. Almost no one consumes the minimum amount of potassium recommended in the modern world, guys. Getting enough potassium, according to public health officials, can significantly cut your risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, and stroke. Research suggests that consuming an optimal amount of this crucial, crucial mineral may protect against a host of ailments, including cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, and kidney stones. It can help to maintain healthy blood pressure and ensure proper nerve, kidney, and heart functions. Potassium is most commonly associated with bananas, with, which provide 422 milligrams of potassium per serving, but other foods are actually much better sources of the mineral. A serving of sweet potato delivers 694 milligrams. It's like one medium potato. Other Top sources include beet greens, 655 milligrams of potassium per one half of cup cooked white beans uh, and other, you know, beans and peas, non-fat yogurt. Um, another great source of potassium is potato skin, but in general, beans, peas, nuts and seeds, leafy green vegetables like spinach, cabbage, parsley, and fruits like bananas, cantaloupe, but also don't forget avocado, papaya, raisins, and dates are potassium rich. And that, all this information, by the way, guys, you will always, you'll also be able to find clicking on the link in the show notes. And the daily recommended allowance of potassium is not small, guys. 4,700 milligrams for an average adult. Iron. Many cereals and grain products are fortified with iron, but guys, I do not recommend to get your iron from cereals or grains for sure. Iron is a key mineral because it is essential for carrying oxygen around the tissues of the body through the bloodstream. Iron deficiency can cause anemia, the symptoms of which include fatigue, breathlessness, and health 
and heart palpitations. So good food sources of iron include red meat and meat products, dark green leafy vegetables as cabbage and spinach, and pulses such as lentils, beans, and chickpeas. And that's actually what I recommend you to use as the main source of your iron. A lot of a lot of vegetables, dark green leafy vegetables like spinach and cabbages and other leafy greens and red meat and meat products. You don't need a lot to get your daily allowance. You just need 18 milligrams per day. Well, now it actually, yeah, 18 milligrams per day, one eight milligrams per day of iron. So it's really easy to get from healthy sources. Dietary fiber. The daily value for adults is 28 grams. Dietary fiber is a non-digestive carbohydrate that is found in plant foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Dietary fiber is important for healthy gastrointestinal function for gut health, guys. A diet high in fiber can also be beneficial for managing body weight, and it is beneficial from all my experience. Reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, improving blood sugar levels in diabetes patients. Guys, fiber can do a lot for you, and it's really, really crucial to get at least, at the very least, those 25-28 grams of fiber per day from whole foods, healthy whole foods. Vitamin D can also be synthesized within the body when the sun's ultraviolet rays strike the skin. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin that promotes the absorption of calcium and it is important for bone growth and maintaining healthy bones. When the body doesn't get sufficient vitamin D, bones can become thin, brittle, and prone to fractures. Along with calcium, vitamin D also helps reduce the risk of osteoporosis. Vitamin D is naturally present in very few foods, such as fatty fish, salmon, tuna, mackerel, that's why I love it, and fish liver oils. Small amounts of vitamin D can also be found in beef liver, cheese, and egg yolks. Um, Most of the vitamin D in the typical American diet, however, comes from fortified foods. And, well, I'm not surprised, you know, most of people in the modern world start eating more and more processed foods, that is not a great news for our overall health. Um, so, guys, again, all this information, what is recommended dietary allowance, what is daily values, and what are those for those key essential nutrients, you can find in the link posted in the show notes. And now we're going to get to some food news and also some information from National Geographic magazine that has a lot, a lot of research going into the articles that they post, and also World Health Organization. So, the connection between light and biology starts with photons striking our retinas, triggering signals that reach a knot of neurons known as, you don't really need to know that. Anyway, this article, by the way, is about junk light and uh, light pollution that we experience as a society. And light pollution is about our lightening of the city, the buildings, the street lights, our houses uh, that reflects back to the atmosphere that uh, causes 
more lightening of of the area that causes a lot of problems for birds who migrate for birds who and animals who live in the nearby area or in the area where the city is but it also but it also influences our health a lot and we i'm going to read you an extract from from this article from national geographic about how this light pollution affects our health and the link to this article you can also find in the show notes if you want to read more about light pollution and how it affects our planetary health and what you can do about it and what we can all do about it as a society so uh, uh, the light affects that knot of neurons in our head, which produce the hormone melatonin. Th- through this pathway, melatonin normally begins rising and at sundown and peaks around midnight, unleashing a cascade of reactions that regulates sleep-wake cycles, lowers body temperature, slows metabolism, and increases leptin, a hormone that reduces appetite. It was very important for humans being not hungry in the middle of the night, because if you are foraging for food, you're going to become food. Whether it's a computer screen, bright bathroom light, or intense street lights shining in your windows, indoor and outdoor electric lights interfere with those circadian rhythms by stunting the normal flow of melatonin. Obesity is one consequence of light messing with our nighttime physiology, as it is likely linked to persistently low levels of leptin, that hormone that regulates our appetite. Based on a number of studies, low melatonin levels and circadian disruption are also thought to play a role in heart disease, diabetes, depression, and cancer, particularly breast cancer, for which um, the author says the data are particularly compelling. The consequences are particularly profound, profound in nighttime shift workers, such as truck drivers, flight attendants, who are case studies in messed up circadian biology. In 2007, the World Health Organization actually declared shift work a risk factor for cancer. And in 2012, the American Medical Association warned the pervasive use of nighttime lightning that creates potentially harmful health effects and hazardous situations. So, as we talked many times before, light hygiene, sleep hygiene, junk light can can really mess up your health in all areas of your life, starting with your sleep, uh, and adequate hormone production, and then that affects your hunger levels and also your inflammation levels and the quality of your sleep, and it just cascades from there, guys. So if you do not manage your light environment, if you sleep with junk light around you, uh, if you have a lot of light before going to bed, and if you don't manage your light environment in general, you're going to have a lot of consequences when it comes to health, to longevity, to your body fat, to your fitness, and so many other things. So that's a piece about sleep. And now, guys, um, today also I've read 
just a couple of days ago this article in one of the uh, the Guardian actually, and it's about the regulation uh, of vegan products or, in particular plant-based products that are meant to displace, replace uh, the consumption of meat in our diet, or at least make it less so. So you're probably familiar with a lot of, you know, burgers, sausages made from tofu, from all kinds of beans and all kinds of ingredients that a lot of times are so, I don't know, it's just weird, you know, that... Instead of eating meat, we invent these products that have so many ingredients, the effect, the good effect of of which on our health is very, very questionable. Anyway, the meat lobby, the decision to protect meat-related terms and names exclusively for edible parts of the animals was firmly opposed um, by organizations such as Greenpeace and Bird and BirdLife, who insisted it presented a blow against sustainable food, but we felt that steak should be capped for real steak with meat and come up with a new moniker for all these new products. Like for example, they uh, came up with this term "veggie disc" for veggie burgers. There is a lot to be done in this front. A lot of creativity will be needed, he said, The um, one of the authors of this article. People need to know what they're eating. So people who want to eat less meat know what they're eating. People know what is on their plate. So basically, the whole idea is, you know, U.S. government, European Union government uh, that creates those food regulations of all sorts. They all agree, and I actually agree with them, that they need to put proper labels on a lot of these um, vegetable and plant-based alternatives, you know, like even milk. Uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of argument going on about how we should not call um, plant-based milk, quote-unquote, milk, because then if somebody doesn't really read or all this information about different, um, I don't know, products coming on the market, or if somebody is a kid, you know, or a teenager, how do you know what is plant-based milk and what is cow's milk? And, you know, how do you make distinct distinction between them if you if there is no warning on a label or, you know, nothing says on the label that this is thing that is plant-based and this is not plant-based. So I also believe that instead of calling everything burgers and sausages, we should just call burgers what was originally a burger, something that is meat-based, and then we should create some other names for other products that do not contain meat. So instead of, you know, calling something burger, maybe we call it like Tof, tof burger, <laughs> I don't know, you know, um, they will, they will make better names for all of these new products coming to the market. But yeah, you know, make sure to check ingredient list if it says burger for now, because the labeling is still all over the place. So you never know now what you're getting in your food. It might say, say, impossible burger and you get some veggie tofu upgrade yeah, instead of meat. So make sure you know what you're putting in your mouth because all of us have different dietary preferences and our gut um, 
react differently in different kinds of ingredients. So just be aware of what ingredients you have in your food. Other fascinating and interesting news from food industry um, are food trends, for example, as food dive uh, reports affect are affected by different generations of um, different generations of consumers. In a survey that asked whether clean eating improves overall quality of life, 55% of people ages 18 to 24 and 42% of people ages 25 to 34 responded very much. About 36 of people ages... Um, anyway, this whole piece I wanted to introduce to you because it shows that younger people tend to be more in tune with the idea that their food choices affect overall quality of their life, not just how fit they look or how much fat they carry or whether they have six-pack or not. No, actually, younger people tend to agree more than half of generation uh, Z and uh, somewhere around half for millennials agree that uh, better food choices affect the quality of life overall. And this is a great um, trend, uh, I believe, because that tre- trend going to help us to create better food industry, helping us to make better food choices easily. And the last but not least piece of news, you're going to see more and more international flavors on the shelves of supermarket, um, different flavorings, different spices, um, different um, dishes from from around the world that going to become um, an that's going to become an intrinsic part of your kitchen as well. As as I said, our world is getting more and more globally connected and because of that, different spices, different flavors from Africa, from Southeast Asia, from India, it's also Southeast Asia, from Europe, all these flavorings, spices, different kinds of foods start to spread around really, really fast and more and more variety we see on the shelves of our supermarkets and you know such things as um, sushi or soy sauce or tahini they are already not even considered to be ethnical foods when they actually were uh, they came from different parts of the world but now they're intrinsic part of our cooking traditions no matter where in the world you are and everyone knows what soy sauce is no matter where they live be that us be that australia be that Russia, be that europe um that is fascinating and uh, it also actually improves our nutrition because the more variety we have, as we talked many times on this podcast, the more nutrients we're going to introduce into our diet. So that's it for today, guys. Don't forget to check out the link to recommended dietary allowance tables to daily values, what they are, what nutrients you should be tracking. Stay tuned for the episode on the best apps to help you to track that that you consume the needed allow the needed the needed amount of 
the foods that give you the nutrients that are super essential for your health. So check out the link and stay tuned also for tomorrow's episode that is going to be about fat loss and the latest news that I've learned uh, from studies and experience on the smart science of fat loss. So stay tuned, sleep better, and as usual, till next time, eat better daily.